0: Hello and welcome. My name is Ami Kassar, founder and CEO of Multifunding. Since 2010, Multifunding has been helping entrepreneurs find the best loan alternatives to grow and stay in control of their businesses. Joining us today is Dr. Troy Hall. Dr. Troy is an award-winning culture strategist, radio show host, speaker, author, and talent retention expert. Our main topics today will focus on tips to keep employees in today's crazy world. Welcome, Dr. Troy. Thank you, Ami. It's good to be here.
1: Dr. Troy, tell me everything. Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to begin if I were to tell you ever. How far back do you want me to go on that one stormy, rainy night? back, No, you don't want to go that far back.
0: Dr. Troy, tell me what
1: you love to do. Well, I really enjoy the time I get to spend with my wife when we travel. So I love being able to go to new places, see people, experience architecture, culture, foods, um, all sorts of things. So it's really been uh, pretty much our hobby. I I don't have much of a hobby other than traveling.
0: Awesome. What's your favorite place you've ever gone with your wife?
1: You know, it's interesting that you asked me that because I had this conversation this past weekend. Someone asked me the very same thing. And I said, okay, so I have a place that was one of my first uh, real excursions that we went to. And we went to the Bavarian Alps, and it was a little town in Bavarian Germany called Garmisch-Partenkirchen, and it was just the perfect sort of environment. We got there a little later in the day. We got to our Gustav, um, and when we uh, woke up the next day, we could hear uh, the church bells ringing. Uh, We could hear some music playing in the square. We opened up our uh, wooden... Uh, shutters on the windows and right in front of us were the alps and it was just a beautiful experience we went down into the um, into the town we found a tavern Uh, later that day we went there and um, it was you know they they had the, the beer and we were you know doing our yo ho ho back and forth and everyone was sitting in a community table there was accordion playing there was a uh, leader hosen the dancing the slap dancing i mean it was just like that perfect textbook example of what an experience would be like and uh, we met people who are running the hotel who lived in the states and so we had this great conversation with them they invited us to spend a little personal time with them at their personal retreat. We were able to do that. Oh my gosh, it was just fantastic. And so my wife and I vowed after going to that event, we would never go back to Garmisch Partenkirchen because we never wanted to ruin the experience that we hold so tight.
0: Awesome. So, Dr. Troy, that sounds like a great, wonderful adventure. Tell me about the adventure of your professional life.
1: Well, that has had many twists and turns, and maybe you would consider it to be an experience of traveling as well. But uh, for the most part, uh, my career has always been about working with leaders and developing people. So today, I run a consulting and executive coaching uh, business that guides leaders to retaining their top talent. Uh, We do so by helping them infuse cohesion into their culture so that they can create these safe workspaces where people have a sense of belonging, are valued, and they share a mutual commitment. And so, in addition to spending over 28 years in the C-suite, over 45 years uh, working somewhere in the financial services uh, industry, I've been able to leverage all that now into my own practice and it's been a great experience. And I, I deal with clients not only here locally, uh, in the local marketplace where I live in Charleston, South Carolina, but also throughout the world. So I've got clients in a number of locations. What's the trick to
0: your trade? Are there some tricks or some wisdom that you can share with our listeners about how to build that cohesive culture that makes people stay?
1: Well, first of all, I think just going back to the definition to make sure we know that when we infuse cohesion into a culture, you're creating belonging, value, and shared mutual commitment. And the belonging aspect requires you to have something that we refer to as inclusion. So that's what cements it. And the real opportunity is for the relationship that's created. Still, the number one reason today that people leave an organization is because of the disconnect with their supervisor. People tend to quit people as opposed to quitting organizations. And it's that lack of relationship. And some of that was validated uh, most recently. So MIT Loan Survey, uh, three researchers reviewed 34 million online profiles from individuals who quit their jobs through 2021 in the first quarter of 22. And they looked and found the reason that people leave. Now, I already told you the number one reason that people leave, but I will tell you that most organizations think that people leave for money. But on a score of one to 20, money was number 16. And what people are looking for, not only is that relationship they have with their supervisor to be included. So that means not only is it just a good relationship, do I get along? It's not about palling around together. It is about, will you take my information seriously? Will you include me in things that are going on? Will you communicate to me? Will you allow me to be a part of it, more so than just expecting me to belong because we make an agreement that you'll pay me every week or every two weeks or once a month or twice a month, but that I can actually contribute. Because when I do contribute, then I have value. I then know that my work is meaningful and purposeful. And then when you ask me to participate in shared mutual commitments, I'm looking to see, has the organization committed to the individual first and then to the company? And that sort of all of that relationship really makes a huge difference, because what I think we've come to understand when when we think about culture today is that culture is built in how you treat people, not the treats you give them. I like that.
0: Thanks. What size companies does this apply to, Dr. Troy? So is this applicable to a three-person company, a 10-person company, 100-person, 1,000, 100,000, a million? What's, what's the cutoff? When does it matter?
1: So the principles behind cohesion are applicable to every industry, every number of people. Some will require more effort the more employees you have the more effort that you will need to put in place the larger the project would be because the larger the culture is and therefore you have to have touch points the most important thing is to understand the leader mindset does the leader have the mindset to be teachable does the leader have the mindset to say i will focus on others first and then self if that leader has that concept which we fall which falls under the definition of a transformative leader then the organization can move where they want to take their culture and they can up it to another level. And it's all about infusing cohesion into the culture. So you take whatever you're currently doing. If you have a culture of joy, of innovation, of strategy, you have a um, sales or service, whatever the culture definition is you have, the idea is to infuse cohesion in it because that's what sticks and keeps people together. It's all about talent retention. So it's about retaining the talent. And the, the number one reason or the number one way that organizations can actually retain that talent is to make sure that people not only feel like there's a place for them, but that they're included in that place, that they have value, not just beyond that they are respected or trusted, but that the work they're doing is meaningful and they understand how their work interacts and that they work with individuals who think more about others than themselves. And those three principles are the underlying principles for any organization. And then there are certain tips or techniques, things that you can do that will strengthen the relationship within the organization. So I don't go in and tear down a culture. We build a culture up. And we try to figure out, where are you missing in some of those areas of belonging, value, and shared mutual commitment? And how can you make that work within your organization? Are you doing mentoring programs? Do you have organizational internships? you know, do you have think tanks? Uh, do you think beyond the scope of, of what would be traditionally the job? Do you allow people to challenge the status quo? All of those things are going to be very important to how people will relate to the work that they have. And, and some of this also falls true with work from Simon Sinek. He says that, you know, when an individual is fulfilled in their job, they will love it. Well, what we've come to understand that that fulfillment of that job is I'm doing the work that I think I wanna do and the work that I enjoy doing. And then researchers have found that if you love your job, you actually say, look, I love where I work. I love my job. 87% of people who say that are willing to stay. Now it's up to leadership to keep them there.
0: How How is the virtual slash virtual hybrid slash back to office world change all this stuff?
1: Well, the change that was made is that it took uh, people out of their normal paradigm. It shifted everything. It's so much easier if you're creating relationships with people when we operate face-to-face because that's what we're used to. But you can operate in a virtual environment and create relationship. I have relationships with individuals that I may have only seen once or some that I may never have seen at all, but we connect in a visual sort of connection. We also talk audibly, so therefore on the phone, so we're making connections. It's all about the way you will go about treating people, because that's the nature of culture. It's not just are you side by side. That is a misnomer. Um, Organizations are doing what we call remote work, and they've done it for years. I have a client that has individual businesses set up in multiple states throughout the US. Well, they're not all under the same roof, but yet they have a very strong culture. I have an individual that I've worked with in Texas who has their entire company is all virtual. Nobody ever comes into an office space, but they have a very strong culture. And the reason they do is because leadership said, oh, we have to connect with people. We have to make sure that we are connected, that we are are doing things that make sense, that we are spending time with individuals and they have to figure out different and new ways to do it. It is of course, challenging to do, but it's not impossible. Is it fair to say that
0: the a company is virtual, you have to work harder on culture?
1: I think that you have to work hard in culture anyway, whether you're in person or whether you're remote, you have to put effort into it. What's happened through the remote environment is we really don't have enough technology that allows for that instantaneous connection. What we need is technology that will allow us to supplement for those hallway conversations that we might normally have. So we sometimes have to clunk it up a little bit. So to give your listeners an example. So one of the suggestions we have is when teammates are working remotely, and by the way, I wanna clarify this. When I talk about remote, I don't mean working from home. I mean, expand your thinking to remote work is anywhere where you are doing business and you are doing activities for an organization and you're not in a central headquarter, that's remote work. So think about it from that perspective. When I'm in the car and I'm on the phone, I'm doing work, I'm remote, I'm not at home. So I think that working from home has gotten a bad rap of the way people think about it. So I expand the thinking and say, we have to think about it from remote work and that I'm doing something different in a different place in a different location. So one of the suggestions that we offer to individuals when they're working remotely is to say, go ahead and set up a Zoom meeting, set it up for an hour, have your screen on, see the other person, you're both working and you don't have to say a word. But the sense that you are together may satisfy something in your brain, may satisfy something in your need to connect. And maybe you do on occasion, have An idea that comes to mind, and you want to yell that idea over. No different than if you were sitting in a cubicle and you would be doing your work, and you get an idea, you stand up and you'd lean over the cubicle, you'd get up, you'd go around the cubicle, you'd wheel your chair around, whatever you would do, but you would then make that connection because that individual is there. So, even though it's a little clunky, it is one of the suggestions that I offer to organizations who are challenged to figure out how to make it work.
0: That's interesting. I want name the Name of the company, but my son just graduated from college and took a, his first job you know, post internships or whatever at a prominent international consulting company. Nice. Maybe. All the training was virtual, although it doesn't have to be anymore, but they figured out they can do it virtually and save them money. Yes. And in 13 or 14 weeks, I don't quite lost track of it, that he's been there. There hasn't been one opportunity for physical interaction. They've not made one effort to bring the local office together with the kids or the new hires or anything or set them up with any in-person interaction
1: whatsoever. Well, you can have the personal interaction like we're having today. It's a matter of the effort that you put into it and do you make that happen? And then how many touch points does the individual leader have with an individual who's working remote. The requirement is that you need to do a few more touch points with an individual who's working remote versus the individual who's working in an office. But on the same thing, I wanna mention that I've had a number of individuals tell me that their organizations have asked them to come back to work because they really believe that everybody being in the office would work. Well, they've also implemented a flex schedule where individuals can choose which days to come in, which days to be out, or they rotate them and they do it. And I have an individual who says, I don't understand. I'm required to come in on Wednesday of every week. There's nobody in the office but me. And so what is the point of having this? Because you see, we get wrapped up into rules. We get wrapped up into not being able to think beyond the box itself. And oftentimes it it does require us to think differently. And so the interaction between individuals. So another way that you can satisfy your personal interactions is if you localize and if the individuals are connecting uh, potentially with others who might be in their same local regional area and you don't have to make a big deal flying them back into another central location that may cost the organization money, spend several hours of lost production. There are ways and things that that you can do and supplement that. uh, there, there are there are organizations. You have to make them happen. I mean, organizations have worked around the world for decades, and they haven't necessarily been able to see each other. Obviously, because we are human, we do like that interaction. So when we do get together, do we celebrate and enjoy that? Absolutely, we do. But it doesn't restrict the opportunity for there to be that relationship. And I want to go further to say, I am not suggesting that every company abandon their concept of having people together. What I'm suggesting is that there is a way for it to coexist. And what the data tells us is that we will be smarter as leaders of an organization to figure it out now than to wait and figure it out later. And one of the things that is happening, this is truly a labor market. This is an employee market. And instead of letting employees drive what happens in an organization. Leaders should be driving what happens in an organization that meets the needs of the individual. And and that's why we saw that, what we refer to sometimes as that great resignation with all those individuals leaving because organizations weren't figuring out a way to respond. But what I tell you is it wasn't the great resignation. People did not just quit. They didn't go sit on their couch and eat potato chips and stream their favorite videos. What they did was they recalibrated. So I call it the great recalibration because they figured out a different way to do work. They figured out where they wanted to do work and who they wanted to do work with. And all of that changed as a result of uh, the pandemic. And so, and the data continues to support that we're seeing on neighborhood of somewhere between 25 and 35% of the jobs that that were forced home during the pandemic are now considered to be a remote job. And organizations are opening up the doors. They are thinking more about remote work. But one of the cautionary uh, tales that I work with organizations is to make sure you have a strong supervisory training program for those organizations that offer remote work so that the supervisor is better prepared for what that would look like, what tools are available to them, and how they may need to do some different kinds of interactions than they would if the person
0: was face-to-face. Awesome. That's a trade that I can see because we're currently talking about video, that this will ultimately be on audio. Lots of books behind you that I'm assuming you've written. What's your favorite book you've written tell us a little bit about?
1: Well, so I have two, so I'm gonna to have to share the spotlight with two. The one that my business practice is based on, which I've spent a lot of time talking about, is called Cohesion Culture Proven Principles to Retain Your Top Talent. When I wrote that particular book in 2019, there was very little um, literature that was available for uh, individuals to think about retaining talent. Uh, that book ended up being a best selling title, uh, it did very well still three years later, there aren't very many books around talent retention. And that's why if you look up Cohesion Culture and do a Google search, you'll see that you'll you'll get a lot of information about me. But I have to say that probably my favorite book is the one I wrote about my mom. And it's called Fanny Rules, A Mother's Leadership Lessons That Never Grow Old. Fanny was my mom's nickname. And I wrote this book uh, to pay tribute to my mother's leadership lessons uh, that she provided to me as a young boy and through my adult life. And it's also a way for people to see who I am as a leader. So you get the chance to see inside, you get to know who is this Dr. Troy? What is he all about? Where did he come from? Uh, The the book does an opportunity to do that. Uh, Later in life, my mom was stricken with dementia. And so the book itself, my proceeds of the book benefit the Alzheimer's Association. And that book was also a bestseller. It was number one in business and professional humor. And we've been able to donate um, over 25,000 dollars to the Alzheimer's research.
0: Good for you. But so to Troy, if our listeners want to learn more about you, or chat with you or learn about your practice, or you might be able to help them, where did they go to find out?
1: Well, the easiest thing is to connect with me on social media, and that is is Dr. Troy Hall. So you can find me on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, DR. Troy Hall. And if that doesn't work for you, you can go to the website. It's not any more complicated. It's drtroyhall.com. And on the top right, there's a connect button or a schedule button. And therefore you can then reach out to me and I'll reach back out to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a great, interesting conversation. I appreciate your time. Thank you for everything you do to help businesses and entrepreneurs around the country and the world. And God bless.
1: Well, thank you very much. It's great for me to be here. And I'll just remind the listeners one more thing for for leaders. And that is, you don't have to know everything. You just need to be teachable.
0: Love it. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Take care. Thanks for joining us today on AMI Sites with your host, Ami Kassar, the foremost SBA thought leader. Make sure you visit us at multifunding.com where you can meet our advisory team and learn more about how we help entrepreneurs fund their future.